0: Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pine. Till he appeared And the soul felt its words. A thrill of hope The weary world rejoices This is the What Matters Most podcast. A 100% listener-supported program. And now... Here is your host, Paul Samuel Dolan. Oh, the angel voice Oh, night, divine. Oh, oh night.
1: When Christ... Welcome back to what matters most. Merry Christmas, the Christmas show. A long tradition, we've had Richard Rohr, Becca Stevens, and now today we're going to have one of my best friends. I'm going to get to her in a minute. Just want to send the love out all over the world, however you celebrate, or whatever you call it. It's just an occasion to say thank you and love and be generous. I have wanted to have my friend on forever, and I asked her in the early days, but because we had like five shows and six listeners, she was above it all. But now that we've grown, and this is show... 1,099, her people reached out to my people and said, maybe, 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 and we're going to do it. But in seriousness, I, I thought I wanted to have a close friend on for Christmas, and then we've had these great conversations for just years and decades. So it's an honor to welcome my friend who has a podcast that we have a link to. She's written a book. She's a songwriter, a teacher. She's an inspired speaker. And she's just one of the funniest, most heartfelt people I know, Miss Scarlett Keys. Thanks for finally coming on.
2: Well, I appreciate you doing all of those podcasts to warm up for our podcast.
1: You said it was kind of a bring me the broomstick moment. You said if you can get to about 1100
2: <laughs> I think you're warmed up.
1: <laughs> okay, good. Now, everybody who comes on the show gets a passport application from me that they need to turn into. <laughs> Did you get that? You have gotten, received that?
2: yeah i'm i'm on i'm on it
1: and for those listening around the world on the edge of their chairs i've been trying to get a passport now for a couple months and it's not worked out but as fate would have it the office that has uh been giving me just the warmest attention through their recorded messages <laughs> is only a few miles from my friend here scarlet she's gonna go over there today with an ar-15 i think one of those weapons and try to get me in
2: oh i'm gonna make it happen
1: That's right. But every guest who comes on the show who's listening, former guests know, they always get a passport application when they're about to come on. Well, Merry Christmas. How do you and your family celebrate?
2: Oh, well, we're just going to, you know, I just try to be present. I know that's a cliche, but just try to be present and just, you know, grateful. I mean, that, you know, the older you get um, or the older I get anyway, it's more about just watching other people enjoy and especially my daughter who's 14 to just, um, be present and try to make it, um, you know, meaningful and, um, you know, not, not too commercially oriented and try to just bring in as much beauty and try to create memories that, you know, she'll look back on fondly.
1: Does the holiday have much meaning
2: to you? Well, you know, we, we will go to church and we will, you know, taken more of the broader spirituality of what the day means, but it's, yeah, I think it's a beautiful pause in this world to have the season, whether it's Hanukkah or it's Christmas, but, you know, especially up in New Hampshire where we might get some snow. And I just feel like it's a, an even playing ground of uh, an even, you know, it's an even playing ground of just whites, a white blanket of snow where it's just all let's, Let's cover this up with some some sparkly beauty because we definitely get the sunshine and we get the blue skies up here, even if it's cold and snowy. So, it's a little magical at the, at this time of year. And then, you know, about March, I'm, I'm no not March, about mid February. You know, I'm 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 over it. Um, I'm over the sparkly magic. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, you know, just this year especially, you know, to just reach out to people and take a moment to love the people you love and, and be grateful.
1: And uh, this may sound like I'm joking around. I'm not. When you say go to church and focus on the spiritual meanings of it all. And the meanings of Christmas for a few minutes, there are moments. I sort of drew a blank because I feel like, you know, now at this age and through the years and living in America for so long to me, it has become, it seems like you're inundated with ads music, presence, materialism, people stampeding each other to get a better deal on a flat screen or an uh, elf on the shelf. From your perspective, what is it supposed to mean? And I don't know about supposed to mean, maybe what what is the spiritual meaning under uh, under it all? I know we celebrate, in a sense, Jesus' birthday, but it's more about, from a historical perspective, it was where the stars were and the equinox and all that kind of stuff it's kind of gets lost in the shuffle do you you know remember in charlie brown christmas when charlie couldn't figure it out and then linus said lights please this is kind of your scarlet lights please moment what does it mean
2: you know it's a, for me it's a just a time when if you're just going to look at it for what it is at this moment um it's where our neighborhoods light up and there are literally lights that there are never lights at this time of year where you can take an evening walk and they just, the whole neighborhood is, is shining and sparkling. And it's when people are a little better, they're a little kinder, they're a little, because it all puts us in this same thoughtful pause, um, during the darkest time of the year, you know, today, today actually is the 21st of December. So it's the darkest, uh, day of the year. And, you know, for me, again, it's, it's really a time to think about giving to people this year. It's, for me, it's not going to be, I'm not sending out cards or presents, but I will be writing a letter and I want to send that out to the people that I love and to just sort of take a moment to share some of the things I've personally thought about this year um, that have changed me and what I'm going to be thinking about going into the future because it gets less and less about stuff. I mean, the next time, you know, I don't want any things for Christmas. Um, but I just think it, it makes people hold, hold doors open for people and, and to really think about a little more kindness, a little more softness. It's a, it's just a beautiful winter sparkly pause. And I know I sound like I'm reading a Hallmark card, but that's what it really is um, for me. And then to the innocence of kids and when they're younger to lie to them about Santa. (laughs) I remember the first time my my daughter's like, so what's Santa? And out of my mouth just comes just a diatribe of 10 minutes of, well, there was this This reindeer and he and his nose lit up, and I'm just lying. I mean, I couldn't stop it. And I called my husband and I go, I just lie to our daughter for about 10 minutes straight. She will never get over this. Um, but you know, just to keep the there's just a little bit of magic in the air. I really think that, and um, not that I don't have cynicism or you know, obviously, the world is hard right now, so it's a really wonderful time to do things you might not usually do. Um, Somebody just posted online that, you know, instead of buying a gift card for maybe the teachers at the school to go in and, you know, ask, is there a kid that has, um, you know, an unpaid lunch bill that we could pay, you know, just thinking of creative ways. I think it asks us to give. And I think we could find creative ways to give without being known, but, I think that you know especially when i'm in a moment of oh my god i can't do anything about this world there was a day when i had read you know there was ukraine and there was there was children with cancer there was all the several things and i just took a deep breath and i got online and i donated to saint jude's which is my our charity and i donated to fund and and support ukrainian refugees and there was one other thing. And I just felt like, okay, I didn't just look at the news and feel helpless. I actually did something. So I don't know. I just think it's a time to really cozy up and find the magic and the love and, and find ways to give. I know I, am probably giving listeners a cavity cause it's so cheesy, but really it's, it's how I feel.
1: No, that's beautiful. And we can take that all year round. I love that approach. And I love that you went on there and, just made a ripple for positivity. And you talked about gratitude already. I heard the word once or twice. What do you feel grateful for today in this moment?
2: I feel grateful for talking with you. when we got on before we pushed record and and we just started laughing, I mean, you know, laughing is like champagne bubbles. And you always, I know that I can, when there's a day when I go, I need to laugh. I need to really laugh. And I call you. And so I'm grateful for you and your friendship and and just the levity. I think you're world-class funny. And I know that sometimes that leaks out in some of your podcasts, but um, really, you know, you're Larry David funny and, you know, you know, I'm a a big fan of you, Um, but I'm grateful. I'm just grateful to, I really am trying to practice presence as much as I can. And just to be grateful for I'm, I'm the, my big practice isn't just to get up and go, I'm grateful for these 10 things, but to be steeped in gratitude. So the whole day is a practice because gratitude is an alchemy. You know, it's when, you know, we, we go into a doctor's appointment and we don't want to be there, but then we stop and we go, but you know what? I'm so grateful they exist. And this treatment is here or this receptionist is here. All the, all the things, you know, just walking into the world with, I'm just, just grateful i'm just going to take a breath and and appreciate all of it because we don't know how long we have it
1: you've had quite a year too when you're talking about health if you want to share what you've been through you probably inspire a ton of people you've actually had a profound effect on me because my inner whiny guy whenever i want to whine i (laughs) i'll think of you or somebody like that and i'll think how dare you and then he cowers away and hides himself back in his (laughs) cage
2: Yeah. You know, it's uh, so last January, so it's going on a year. I, um, found a lump, um, and my, obviously where a, a breast lump and I had gone to my doctor and just, I just didn't something, I just didn't want to bring it up. I was too nervous. And that later that night, I have a very dear friend who is a midwife and I called her and I said, you know, I don't know. It just feels a little weird. And she said, I'm coming right over. And, she did a breast exam at my house for me. And she said, you know what, tomorrow we're just going to get you into to the, to the hospital. And on my birthday, um, you know, I had a sonogram and I, and the radiologist looked at me and I said, is it, and she just looked at me, she goes, are you asking me? And I go, I, I, yeah. And she goes, yeah, it it's cancer. And you know, I mean just we all think about what is that going to feel like when we hear that word or we get that diagnosis and of course you just you know you lose all your breath and you you crumble in the moment and and then you and the biggest the biggest part was uh spending a week with my daughter and not mentioning this yet because I wanted to have a plan in place I wanted to know what every you know the biopsy came back and thank god it was stage 1 so I'm I'm just really happy that we found it early. Um, but it's a very, so breast cancer has different types. You know, you, I think um, the hardest one to treat is triple negative. So it doesn't respond to treatment other than um, possibly radiation and then chemotherapy. Um, but if you're estrogen positive, then you can take a pill that will help, you know, not feed those cancer cells. And then I was H uh, HER2 positive. And up until the 80s, there was no cure for that it's very fast moving. So even though, um, I asked my doctor how long he thought it had been there and he said probably about six months. So it's a fast moving, um, aggressive type cancer. And, um, so then, you know, I, I had a double mastectomy and, um, I, you know, I've never had surgery. So it was, there was so much, I feel like the wimpiest person in the world just did all that. And, um, but a couple of people i knew had said there's this book called preparing for surgery by peggy huddleston she has a um a masters degree from harvard divinity school and she you know talks about having affirmation lists that you ask the um you ask the um anesthesiologist to read these affirmations as you're going under, because you're about to go into a hypnotic suggestive state. And, and also they'll read them as you're coming out of surgery. And it was about a five hour surgery. And Peggy has this meditation that you do, um, to prepare for the surgery. And I have two, two tools that I use in life and one is humor and one is gratitude. And so walking into the hospital that morning, um, I had brought, I bought a, a boom speaker and they left my husband and I in this tiny room. And I said, honey, you, you got to make me laugh. Like I have got to, I've got to bring the high vibration here. Like this is, you gotta, so I put, I found a Spotify playlist and it was, it was stripper song, which, okay. First of all, that's hilarious. And my husband, I go, honey, will you just dance? And he's like, what? I'm like, just make me laugh. So now I've got Will Farrell dancing like the woman from um flash dance where he's like sitting in a chair and kicking his legs back and is leaning his head back and and just making me laugh hysterically and then um they the anesthesiologist came in and now my whole body's like flooded with whatever chemicals deep laughter produces so i it was really hard to be anxious because i had all of this laughter and, and i had gratitude and um and then you have all those cliches where you're being wheeled down the hall. And no, 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 there was none of that. They literally, I was just out in a second. And, um, but my dear friend, Chris Cher, who is a midwife at York hospital in Maine, uh, by the way, beautiful, lovely, small little hospital. <laughs> she comes down after delivering a baby and she goes, now, listen, I'm going to read her affirmations for her. And she's reading them to me as I'm going under. And, you know, the affirmations are more like, um, When I wake up, I'll be thirsty for lemonade. And that's just telling your body that your kidneys will be functioning and I'll feel great, I'll heal faster. So, okay, so there was a woman that um, had 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 a double mastectomy and a friend of ours um, had a video of her after her surgery dancing in her room. And I thought, that's who I want to be. I want to be dancing after surgery. So um, as I'm waking up, my... (laughs) My nurse friend runs down from delivering another baby and now she's like, I have to read these. She's waking up. I've got to do, you know, so she's reading my you will want lemonade and you will feel the heal faster. And so um, so I wake up and it was COVID. So I had to be alone in my room, but my friend Chris, who was exhausted and had been there since probably six in the morning, I've been asleep, so I've got tons of energy. But I woke up with zero pain, feeling amazing. And we were joking about how I should now do a strip tease dance because, you know, my husband had to suffer through that um, before the surgery. And there was this extra IV pole on wheels. And I go, well, <laughs> so I go up to the IV pole and she puts on, I forgot what the song was, some crazy song. And I'm trying to do a pole dance now as a joke to send to my husband, like I got through but I'm good. And, um, but it was more like Betty White with arthritis trying to pole dance, cause everything, I had to be really careful. But, but my friend Chris and I sat in there for hours, just laughing and feeling great. I had zero pain and I woke up just feeling, so full of great gratitude that I had gotten through it, and you know the surgery wasn't like anything you see on TV. You know, I had a playlist of all this wonderful music that meant a lot to me, that was really positive, and my surgeon played that um, during the entire uh, surgery. And so, you know, um, the thing that uh, you know, I know someone that I met, and he shared with me that he had just been diagnosed with stage four. I think some, I don't know what kind of cancer it was, but stage four, I had just met him and he said, please don't tell anyone. And it turns out that we knew a lot of the same people. And, um, I didn't tell anyone, but I said, you know, I announced, you know, on Facebook that I was going through this because, because I needed people. I needed, I needed, I needed everybody. I needed everybody. I needed all the same. I needed my rose quartz and my affirmations as I went under like I needed everything. And the wonderful thing about when you share your journey with people is that you hear from people that maybe never shared their theirs with you. So now they get to um, bring their wisdom to you. And then You know, I would get like a soft blanket from an old student in the mail saying, I love you, thinking of you, or I would get a journal. I had a mom, a local mom saying, I want you surrounded by flowers. So when I started chemotherapy every single Monday, I would get a bouquet of flowers from this mom saying week one, you got this. And then the next week, week two, you got this. And, you know, also just for anyone facing something like that, you know, I had um, a very spiritual person um, who was trying to be supportive, and you know, who said, you know, I want to bless you, and boy, that chemo's the devil. Um, or someone would said, oh, I can't believe you're putting that poison in your body. And I really do. Um, I really would go in there, and first of all, I would go to my treatments. I had twelve uh, chemotherapy treatments, and I would go in, and I and my garden was flourishing at the time, and I would make um, a flower bouquet for my nurse every week. And I would go in and say, thank you. And I would get to sit with the flowers and then leave them for her because I didn't want to walk in all hunched over and victim me. I wanted to sort of walk in with a little bit of abundance and beauty and, and gratitude and just say, thank you for this. And, you know, I, I, the first time I walked into chemotherapy, literally it was me you know, tapping into all of my old California spirituality with my rose quartz and my, okay, divine light, I'm blessing, I'm walk healing. Thank you. Bring all my angels. Da, da, da. And then, you know, week five, we're fucking going, we're fucking doing this, you know, or, you know, week seven, I had, to, I walked in like, you know, Jenny McCartney in some like, you know, uh, badass movie where I felt like, you know, woman in black, where I'm walking in and bullets are coming my way. And I just, I'm walking through the fog fiercely as a warrior. So there, it depended on the week. And um, I would listen to an old CD of my dad singing um, in the car on the way. He passed um, years ago, but it was really lovely to bring his spirit in with me. So it depended on the day and how wimpy I felt. But, um, but I would look up at that bag of chemo and say thank you, and I would ima- I would imagine that as medicine and healing and thank you. And I I didn't have a ton of s- bad side effects um, even up to week eleven. I was like ha ha, <laughs> and then week twelve clobbered me and it all. I got really tired, but for the most part, um, I felt pretty good. It, it was pretty hard to lose my hair. You know, I've gone through now being Sinead O'Connor to a hedgehog to be Arthur on the golden girls. What was her name? Was it be Arthur? Anyway, one of the golden girls and uh, you know, now I'm Annette Benning. So it's coming, it's slowly coming back, but um, you know, it, it was, it was a, it's interesting. Cause you think when something like that happens, what would you do? Would you, what would your bucket list be? Would you go out and like hunt down the Grammy and <laughs> make that dream? But, for me it really was me going what lifestyle Le- not not to blame but you know what lifestyle was i living how was i treating my body who was in my life what were my boundaries um and really it became a spiritual overhaul and a scheduling overhaul and my new life changing thing is i will arrive everywhere early everywhere early. that literally cuts like 10% of all your stress because Transitional stress is a thing, you know. I was driving like Carella Deville to yoga, <laughs> so I'd walk in, sweating, like, okay, hey, where's my mat? Okay, you know." And that is just, you know, cramming all the things in, and it, it, no. So, really, uh, and it's a practice; it's a daily practice to to change that and to really um, try to live in a state of a higher vibration, because a lower vibration like boredom, resentment, irritation, wanting things to be your way, you know, um, I hate traffic, whatever whatever the things are, that's very different than what can I discover today? What can I learn? What can I do for someone else? What could I, maybe I could clean my house and make it beautiful. Let me bring flowers to it. You know, there's a whole, or let me call Paul Dolman and laugh. You know, what, what could I do today to feel like champagne bubbles as opposed to, a lead weight or a dark cloud and so it's a daily decision right we can't stay clean on yesterday's shower so we have to get up every day brush our teeth take our shower and then make a decision on how we want to feel and who we want to be and that doesn't include denial right there were i had a, i had a you know i definitely had a few days where you know i i went into a grocery store bald and it was very vulnerable and I'd heard some news about someone else's health. And I just, I had an old friend go, if you ever need anyone to cry with, and I literally took her up on it and I cried for about half an hour. And it, you know, tears are such an incredibly valuable thing because on the other side of the waterworks, there's relief and we have to allow that. But we have a lot of, um, decisions that we can make about what we're going to think and what will lead to how we're going to feel. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, we can do this. And I had a very good friend call me with a diagnosis. She, she had breast, breast cancer a few weeks ago. And I was like, oh, oh, we have got this. We have so got this. And I just was, I felt so, um, y- you know, um, used. I was usable and I was able to give back and, and, and be helpful. Cause you know, you can really say the wrong things to people. You know, people don't, people don't want you to say, (laughs) you know, let's see, what's the list? Everything happens for a reason. You're going to be so much stronger after this. Um, Oh, you have to put that poison in your body. You know, all that, like, no, 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 no. What you need to say is we've got this. You've got this. In fact, Target had these really soft shirts. They're black. And on the front it says, I've got this. And I bought one of those and sent it to that friend and, That's the phrase. you got this.
1: How did you manage the fear? I mean, I know you lost your mom to this. We're all at a core primal level afraid to perish. Even if we're at peace with it, you know, we're going to jump off the track, run from the shark or whatever, avoid them all. It's uh, how did you manage that? Or did it did it it had to creep in now and again, right? Just because you're a human being. Did you sit with it, embrace it? I know you want to be here for Claire, your daughter, and you're still young. You're full of great life. How did how did you deal with that aspect of it?
2: Yeah, I mean, the night before my surgery, where I was doing everything I could to. Well, I mean, you know, you do what you have to do, right? So there's, um, oh, you're so brave. Am I? I mean, am I really brave? I mean, you know, if I'm in a building and it's burning and I run out of it, and someone tells me I'm brave. <laughs> You know, you do what you have to do and there is something within us. It's sort of like when you're going to give birth and you realize you can't see your shoes. There is, there's a lot going on here. Uh, there's only one way out of this, right? And everything rises to the occasion. Your whole body is so brilliant and it really, you know, you really do. It, it Something happens that That is an instinct and a knowing. And with the fear, I mean, I remember the night before the surgery, my daughter comes in and she had, I'm going to go in my room and I'm going to organize all my books. And I thought, what? Who are you? What are you doing there? She was in there for hours and it was her way of being in denial. And finally she comes into my bedroom and she hugs me and she just explodes into tears. And she said, I don't want you to die. I don't want, you know, I'm now I'm holding space for her and going, Oh my God, please stop saying, I mean, I'm thinking, please stop saying this, but it was a really hard thing to hold for her because I was trying to literally hold myself together for the next day. Um, But yes, fear is definitely a part of this because I still have, um, former treatments. Um, and right now I'm in chemical remission. And then, you know, I do believe that the rest of the remission is going to be about my daily choices and my stress levels, and you know, really taking good care of my inner environment, and my body, and my spirit, and my mind. But when fear comes in, which it does, of course, if we all think about death, that's gonna that's gonna frighten us. But when fear comes in, I just acknowledge it and realize that that is a you know, fear is a fantasy, obviously, because it's it's something that you're projecting into the future and that's not a good state for my body to be in is fear so i just literally go yep and i'm not going to think about that i'm going to think about something that will make my body feel good i yes i could go into fear i could go into fear about everything (laughs) but that's not being present
1: you've kept such a great attitude while remaining really real it's uh, and i was wasn't joking before you've inspired me and Others, and I'm sure the show is going to reach people, because I lost count in the last couple of years how many people are dealing with different levels of some form of cancer, or diseases. Then we had COVID, which was a whole other thing and is still going on. How did you deal with the whole COVID thing on top of all this?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was, um at one point they were saying, you know, don't don't get a booster. So I was pretty vulnerable as far as just my immunity. But um I don't. I mean, again, you know, it's like, what are the? I mean, I. This is really going to sound cheesy, but it, you know, it kind of goes along with why people say everything happens for a reason, or you'll be stronger. I am stronger, definitely. I didn't want to have to be stronger. <laughs> I was strong enough, thank you, universe. Yeah, I felt strong enough, but I. But um, I guess there was more to do. There was more growth, and with COVID, I felt like you know there were benefits um there were benefits and there were gifts out of not for the people who lost people which obviously is not a gift and that is and I did know I did lose someone to covid and you know obviously that is hard and it you know financially all the things that happened that were that were hard for people we've all had to work through but um as we continue to look back at what again what that did for the world it was almost like you know stop the planes for a minute stop stop all the commuting for a second stop all the shopping from you know let's let's go in let's let's play card games let's get close let's let's cuddle let's you know let's live smaller and i think a lot of that people are continuing like wait i can work from home i can be with my family more i cannot waste gas driving you know so i i think that i think we have to just sift through the fire and and look what's left and well you know how can we use this it's really more of that how can i use this how can i how can i find meaning how can how can we find meaning
1: where do you find the most joy and resonance these days
2: nature that's a change you know you want to you have a bad day walk outside and just go go into the the woods or a park or the beach and just it's it changes the moment so quickly um animals we have three cats i'm one cat away from being that person but we adopted three little there are covid let's just call it what it is we have two covid cats and a a cancer kitten (laughs) chemo kitten my husband was like you want a what and i go okay i want a mercedes or A cat from the Bronx. Oh, let's definitely get the cat from the Bronx. So, um, I'm joking, but, uh, this little kitten was really special and he has a squinty eye and a broken tail and he just looks like a Picasso painting. His head's small, his body's big, but he's so sweet. (laughs) Um, so animals and friends, and again, you know, just all of the connection and support that came from letting people know what I was going through. And by the way, just to kind of loop back to the the kind of the new friend that I made where he wasn't going to announce it because he didn't want any sympathy and he didn't want to worry people. And I said, the people that love you want to worry about you. The people that love you want to be there. They want to have a hand in this. And if you don't tell them, you deprive them of being close to you and being a part of this. And he thought about it and he announced it on Facebook and I don't know, 4,000 people like respond. I was crazy. And just that love is also alchemy. You know, uh, I remember a Monday where I was like, I can't do chemo tomorrow. I can't do it. I can't. And then there was a knock on the door on a bouquet of flowers. And I thought, I guess I can do it. So, you know, that for me, I'm I'm really a flower person and I'm really my, my love language is gifts. It's so sad. <laughs> and
1: <laughs> and cats. Your love language is cat. Is it true that Greg is in a cat wife husband support group?
2: Okay, he. I just took a picture of him on the bed this morning with. Well, he ended up in my daughter's bed because my daughter wanted to snuggle me last night. But literally, he was surrounded by stuffed animals and three cats. And I took a picture. It was just hilarious. Like, where's my husband? Because there's like ten stuffies, three cats. Um. And you know, my husband was also just so supportive you know it's it is' very hard to i mean, I had a lot of I had very thick, long hair like <laughs> I feel like you know quite honestly, I was my hair, and to have no hair um to have a double mastectomy, and I didn't just to share with just to be vulnerable, I did not choose to have reconstruction. Um, as they immediately start talking about because I needed a minute to just breathe and figure this out and to think about what I wanted to do so you know now I'm looking at my husband going well honey I how do you feel about this and he goes oh I'm a leg man and and now when I hug you you're so much closer (laughs) Which is just—he's the sweetest, you know. Uh, it, you know, he—it was like he had had gone to a support group. So, what should I say? Because that's what you say to your wife when she has that. Um, but the the real thing is, you know, you're you're alive, and um, uh, I might decide to treat myself <laughs> with some, you know, the breasts of an eighteen year old. I don't know. I I have to sort of research all that and decide what to do. <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, I just, it's an opportunity for you to really go, I'm going to do things differently. And there's just been so many areas where I've realized, especially boundaries, really looking deeply into boundary setting and, and boundaries isn't always about other people. It's also about myself. And I've never been more aware of the power of words in my life. You know, I'm being a lyric writer, lyric teacher, I'm very aware of sentences and, and verbs and all the things that you know, you're know you choosing to say to me. But after this diagnosis where I just felt really vulnerable um, and sort of like a snail without its shell in the world, just tender and vulnerable words became incredibly, not only the words, but the energy that was behind the words that someone was speaking to me. Um, and I You know, it's and the boundary became, um, you know what, don't don't just call me and and immediately jump into, you know, um trauma dumping or, you know, just sharing the ain't it bad thing. It 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 really I was too tender for it, but I was so cognizant of words and what people, the quality of conversations. You know, when we go to a dinner party, we we think about what am I gonna bring? I'm going to bring this casserole and I'm going to bring these flowers. But when we call someone, do we take a minute and think about what am I going to bring? What am I going to bring to this moment? You know, let me think about this for a second. Um, And it makes me think about what, what words, what energy am I going to bring to a conversation? Even if it's with someone I talk to all the time, can I pause for a moment and think about what my words are going to do to them or what my words are going to do for them you know will i inspire them will i intrigue them will i entertain them or am i going to leave them in the wreckage of my trauma dumping where most in most cases especially for women um our friends just aren't even qualified <laughs> to, to handle that kind of a thing and it's it's like stopping you know by someone's home uninvited knocking on the door and just you know making your way through through the doorway past them and dumping your trash in the living room, which is something I've heard you say, um, you know, and so I've stopped people and said, you know, I, I can't have these conversations right now. And they'll go, Oh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. And they're very, uh, apologetic. I wonder how far I can get away, how long I can get away with saying that. Yeah, no, we're, we we got to change the channel here. Um, you know, so, that's something I've really been thinking about as far as a boundary and some relationships. I realized I, I just want to talk to them on the phone. That's about as far as I can go. Cause I don't want to have some people's energy is, feels toxic and it feels rough and it feels complicated. Um, So it's come down to a phone call and some people, their voice is hard for me. So it'll be a text. Um, And some people, you know, um, didn't make the cut. (laughs)
1: Well, it's safe to say, like we said, you're under new management.
2: (laughs) I love that. You're right. Right.
1: You're under new management now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, try to do more of the things that bring me joy and bring other people joy. Joy is a really wonderful thing. You know, it sounds, it's gotten a hallmark wrap. You know, there's words like joy and, And gratitude, it just feels like, but when you really practice it, when you, even the words of Jesus, you know, love your neighbor, turn the other, love your neighbor. I mean, that is, that is something I actually did for several years was this grumpy neighbor who was, you know, and I give her credit because she was, I had a barky dog, but we really apologized and did everything we could. And she just couldn't get over it. And we just kept waving and smiling and sending her love. And um again, you know, with this diagnosis, she <laughs> turned into somebody who who said, Listen, you know, there was this really special rose bush that someone had once. It was just the most amazing scent. And I've called three different nurseries and I've been trying to find this rose bush because I told them my neighbor's going through cancer treatment and when she looks out the window I want her to see this rose bush. Yeah. So you break these words down and you practice them, you practice gratitude. It's not just an annoying I'm grateful for my feet, I'm grateful for my dog. But really, like take that through a day. Take that through a whole day. Or loving people through the whole day. Like that's it's huge and it's a practice.
1: What do you want to create and manifest in the new year?
2: Oh, that's a great question. I mean, money. <laughs> Money's always Money is always a good thing because, you know, let's face it. <laughs>
1: After all the super heartfelt, you got to find the meaning and everything. What's your ultimate goal? I really would want more money, I think, in this life. More money and more passports. Yes, those are my goals.
2: And more passports. Yeah, I really, I really do want to <laughs> create more abundance because uh, there's some special things I want to do with it, and it's it's a lovely thing to to put in the world and to help other people, which F definitely is fun. But um, yeah, abundance and um, just um, yeah, and and all the practices, all of the benefits of of how you feel when you practice the good stuff. I think we all want don't we all want to just feel don't we all just want to feel what we feel like after that accidental uncontrollable laugh that we have with a good friend or the unexpected hug from our teenager where they're sweet for like a whole minute (laughs)
1: let's not get carried away 30 seconds (laughs) stops
2: (laughs) <laughs> when you're like, Oh my God, I'm never going to forget the feeling of your sweet hands on my face. When you said, I love you, mom.
1: And can I have my phone back?
2: Yes. I love you. And can I have my phone back? Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, that's fun. What do I want to manifest? I just think all of the things I just want it to become, um, part of my incorporating all the practices that I've been focused on this year. Um,
1: I'm putting you in a time machine, and I'm sending you back, and there is, I don't know, 16, 17, maybe 18-year-old Scarlett. Here you are with all this wisdom, these life scars, and they're beautiful, and these jewels in your box, and you don't want her to not have her experiences, but what would you say to her with all you know now that maybe would make her journey more gentle? Both inwardly and perhaps that would reflect outwardly. What would you say, besides obviously buy Amazon at two, because I know you want more money, but what would you say? <laughs> what would you say about the other aspects?
2: You know, I, I have an answer in it, and it involves just a short story, but that I had gone, I had a day where I had to be out of my house because we had construction. And um, I remember there was a contemplative prayer group at this church. And I thought, I'm going to go to that. So I went and it was um, a bunch of older women and older women. And one of the women had brought her daughter, who was probably about my age. And we did this. This one woman did a reading and then we did a contemplative prayer. And then um, somebody said to the woman who had done the reading, would you mind reading that again? We couldn't quite hear you. And that woman got really defensive. Oh, you couldn't hear me. Okay, well, I guess what? <laughs> louder i thought i think we should do the prayer again and uh anyway she had said something very aggressive to the woman's daughter like we were talking about the power of words right and she had said you know it's like sarah if i had said to you shut up sarah you dummy and i thought she actually just got away with saying that right so, and poor sarah burst into tears and says i i just take this personally and i think all these negative thoughts and i just, and i literally just wanted to walk across the room and say what you just witnessed actually happened and can i hug you but i didn't know any of these people i just left like in awe of the fact that nothing's penetrating these people spiritually and
1: just tell me you're not this is not the church you're going to go to on christmas <laughs>
2: they need me, Paul. <laughs> it was a small group, um, I won't say. But anyway, later I did some errands and I was at the library and that woman, Sarah, was there, the one that had, the one that I, and I said, oh, hi, how are you? And I went out to the parking lot and she stopped me in the middle of the parking lot and she said, you know, I just, I just feel so bad. I, I, I don't know what I said, which she said nothing, right, to provoke this woman's strange outburst. And she said, you know, my whole life, my mom, I don't know. I just, and she's crying. And I just looked at her and I said, Sarah, you got to love yourself. You have, no one else is going to do this for you. You have got to love yourself. I said, have you ever looked back at a picture of yourself when you were younger and thought, oh, look at that sweet kid, like trying her best. And I was really cute back then. And she goes, yeah, yeah, I do. I, I looked at a p- picture recently and I thought I was cute. I go, well, you know, one day you're going to be 90 and you're going to look back at who you are right now and you're going to wish you had loved that person. And you're going to think, oh, I was really cute then. I said, go, she goes, I have to go and drive my mom. I said, look, take a moment to look in the rearview mirror and love yourself. And I thought, I don't know one woman in the world that doesn't need to be stopped in a parking lot. Have someone say, you know what, just stop for a second. You have got to love yourself because you are the only one you have. You are the only one you're, you know, you're born into this world to be this person. You're the only one that can do it. And if I could go back to my 18 year old self, I would have said, absolutely believe in yourself, fake it if you have to but believe in yourself and love yourself. Mm. Love yourself, you know, and that's really, whew, talk about a practice, but we, it's never too late and we can all just look in the mirror and go, you know what, I love you and and carry a picture of yourself in your wallet or put it somewhere where you can see it, where you were that little person where sometimes you're a little easier to love when you look back. But that's what it would have been, believe in yourself and love yourself.
0: Have all been sent. The Christmas rushes through. But I still have one wish to make a special one for you. Merry Christmas, darling. We're apart, that's true. But I can dream, and in my dreams I'm Christmasing with you Holidays are joyful There's always something new But every day is a holiday to you the lights on my tree i wish you could see i wish it every day the logs on the fire fill me with desire to see smile see.